Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? Nothing much. How you doing today? All right. All right. I would like to take the time to welcome everybody to the Valenice D and Family Show with my special co-host today, King Darius White. Darius, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. You still there? Yeah, I'm still. Okay, you go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, I'm D. White, King uh, King Darius White, um, one of Val's buddies or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so today, class, we would like to talk about domestic violence in the household and how it affects. Um, our everyday lives. Darius, have you ever been involved in any type of domestic violence situation or scene of domestic violence situation? Uh, I've been lied on regarding domestic violence, but <laughs> um, me too. <laughs> yeah, I've been lied on, but I've actually yes, I, I I have seen a few situations to where I've seen some, you know, some. Uh, out of order things go down that wasn't that wasn't cool so yeah as a man when you when you witnessed um was it something that you've seen in person like maybe a a, a family member or a friend get into an altercation with their significant other yeah where it got it had gotten physical yeah yeah so as a man where do you put yourself? Because I know some people are like, I'm not getting involved in that because it's domestic. It has nothing to do with me. I know personally, I've been in a situation where um, it was a fight that happened and I automatically jumped on the woman's side, just being another female. I'm like, girl, we can jump him. Like, you know, so I know for me, it's like, I automatically go to the woman's defense as a man, do you like get the woman away from the guy, or do you like try to get the guy away from the woman? How does how does that work for you, or how did uh, it work for you? Well, for me, I just try to separate the two. You know, I don't really believe in uh, nobody hitting on nobody. Period. Mm-hmm. Whether if it's the females beating the dudes up, or if it's the dudes beating the women up, I just don't agree with that. Period. In this particular situation, I was just trying to keep the two apart. You know, there was some things going on in the relationship, and um, it was just a it it was just a real bad relationship to begin. You know, one of the uh, you know family members. What was that last part? I said it was just a real bad relationship to begin with with these two individuals. Um, You know, money money was coming up missing and. You know, there's a lot of cheating and stuff going along, going on and stuff. And it just got to the point to where it just, you know, a regular argument or taking a breather and stepping away from a day or two, you know, that was long out the window. You know, it had got to the point to where these folks was putting hands on each other and, you know, pots and pans was coming out of the cabinet, Woo! And, you know, knives. And it, it, it was rough. But this one particular time, that I saw it, you know, one person was drunk and, you know, the, 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 the woman, she was drunk and the guy, he was, you know, he was sober and I don't know, I guess, I don't know if she had just got through watching enough or I don't know what it was, but 
I guess she had enough. And while he was sitting at the table, we were playing we were playing spades and she came up behind him and hit him with a pan, you know. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm not laughing, but it's yeah, it was crazy and it just she just kept resulting. She just kept saying, I'm tired of you know, I'm not going to be afraid no more. She just kept saying that and saying that and saying that. And I've seen other situations before where, you know, I've seen, you know, this individual grab her up, restrain her and stuff like that. But what I didn't know was the physical abuse was going on for years. Mm. So, you know, I jumped in and tried to, you know, keep them separated. I'm like, dude, you got warrants. You know, you're going to go back to jail, you know. Right. To be peacemaker and stuff like that. And then, you know, the other people that was involved, you know, it was two of us trying to keep him from her. And then it was two of them trying to keep her from him. So it was just it was just a real bad situation. The kids is there crying and stuff. It, 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 it was just sad. It was just a real bad situation. I I was in a situation one time and this happened uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, it was pretty recent. <clears throat> and um it was a fight between a couple and drinking had been involved before I got ready to leave. Well, I actually got ready to leave because you know how you can just tell a situation is getting ready to go left. It was a house party mm. and I could tell the situation was getting ready to go left by what the, one of the people were saying. Right. And it was a female. Mm. So I was like, I'm getting ready to leave. And so I grabbed my things to leave. And as I was walking out the door, they were ahead of me. The female and the guy were ahead of me. And he grabbed her and not in a, a way to like fight with her, but just kind of like getting her out the house. Like, come on, let's go. You, you, you've been, you've been doing too much. And she reacted like he was trying to still kidnap her. So she just started wailing on him, and a bunch of us jumped up to try to break them apart. I pulled the lady over to where I was in the kitchen area and the rest of the people pulled the guy over to like just a, you know, the dining area or whatever. Right. And so they were still arguing, going back and forth. And I just said, calm down. And I grabbed her arm and was like, calm down. And do you know, she swung on me too. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, you know, I'm a little humbugger. So needless to say, we got into a fight. And it was pretty much me protecting myself because I, she actually pushed me and I had slipped and fell and I was pulling myself up and falling at the same time. And uh, she swung on me and I don't like to be sucker punched. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody likes to be sucker punched, but I just... No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, that was not cool at all. So we ended up having a little scuffle from there. But um, I just, I think... And, and like you said, children were there crying and just for me, I just felt bad because I had gotten into a fight with someone that I was very close with. And it was all because I just was at the wrong place at the wrong time to tour the deal. And luckily, they didn't jump me because there's been a time I was involved, not necessarily involved, but I was around and a fight broke out between a couple and I tried to break it up, and then they both tried to fight me. Like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. So a lot of times when I see a domestic violence situation, I kind of try to not get involved in it because you just never know which way it can go. 
and being a female, the last thing I want is a girl and her guy trying to fight me. Like, are you kidding me? Right. And I'm trying to help you not get the meat knocked out of your taco, and you have the nerve to side with him to jump on me? Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, sometimes it can, I've learned, you know, sometimes when you intervene in situations, sometimes you always end up being the bad guy regardless. I've been in situations where, um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody has been in a similar situation or at least knows of this the situation I'm about to touch base on. Everybody's been in something or know of something at a family member or a friend and somebody's cheating. And you try to mm-hmm. you try to be the good depending on what the situation is and you try to go to the other person and like, hey man, look, this is what's going on with the woo woo and you know, I've been in situations like calling myself trying to help and still you trying to break us up? You jealous? I'm jealous. <laughs> I wasn't the one called Keystone. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I've also been in a similar situation to where I seen some stuff going on. I knew some things was going on, and I didn't say nothing. Still, oh, you out of order. You should have said something. Hey, look, I mean, what I tried to tell you last time, y'all. You know, y'all still together. So evidently, this is where you want to be. So I'm darned if I do. I'm darned if I don't. So exactly. And you are. You really are. It's it's such a headache when you try to be the bigger person or you try to be the ride or die friend or whatever the case may be. And somebody always wants to make you the bad guy. I know for me personally, I just hate the domestic violence when children are involved. I mean, it's bad enough for two people to put their hands on each other. But it's also really unfortunate when children are involved because one or two things are going to happen. They're either going to assume that's how you're supposed to love someone or, and and well, there's no one or two things are going to happen. Well, yeah, they may think that this is wrong and never put their hands on somebody. Or they may feel like they can just beat up everybody. Like, it doesn't matter, male, female, child, infant. It just doesn't matter. Right. And I've I've noticed that some children who are present in domestic violence situations are very, very violent at, like, two, three years old. They're fighting everybody. Like, they're fighting their parents back. They're fighting their siblings. They're fighting kids at school. Um, yeah. I don't know where I got my violence from, to be honest with you, because I, you know, well, I do. I was bullied a lot. So I kind of, you know, the bully eventually becomes the, the bullied eventually becomes the bully. Right. So that's where a lot of my anger and violence came from. Just me having enough. Like you said, I'm not taking anybody else's shit. Not today. And, but these other children, it's like inherited. Have you witnessed anything like that where children have been involved in domestic violence situations with their parents or some form of family member or someone close to them? Have you noticed the tendency to be more violent? Uh, yeah, I've seen situations like that where um, I had a I had a buddy and we, we, we lost contact, but there was a situation to where um, he seen you know he 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 come he came from uh, a dysfunctional family you know fighting and guns being pulled on one another knives and stuff 
And when he grew up, you know, he started doing that same stuff. And ultimately that ended him ended him in jail. But yeah, he ended up doing that same the same the same environment that he was brought up in, he grew up and, and had that same mentality. And I would hate to hang around him when he was drunk. Cause he, you know, he was one of those people that really cool. Everything is fine, regular, but you get some alcohol around him, totally different person. And, you know, I couldn't be around that. And it was me and a couple other friends, you know, we grew up together and we, you know, we would try to talk to him and like, Hey man, that ain't cool. You need to, you know, chill that out. You got to learn how to control your anger. You got some, like, you really need to go talk to somebody and you know, us as black people, we got some sort of stigma against going to go seek help with talking to somebody. You know, we act like we too prideful to go do that. But um, yeah, he never got help and he got into a relationship and you know, things just escalated and it got bad. So Mm -hmm. um, he was with this one particular young lady and they got into man, the probably one of the worst fights I've ever heard of. And I, I, I guess I'm saying heard of because I wasn't there, but just to know that I knew the, I knew these two people on a personal level to know how it played out like that. It was just, man, it, it was just messed up to the point, you know, he ended up going to jail and she couldn't talk for six months. Mm. So yeah. I think if you don't deal That's with right. and and I'm and I'm not saying this to say I don't want nobody to sit there like he's trying to justify it. Um it is definitely when when you have a lot of issues or you have a lot of unresolved issues that you never got helped from or you never got closure to or you never had anybody to help you with that stuff, those things can fester into somebody sets out to do. I don't think nobody wakes up one morning and say, you know what? I'm about to be the new Ike Turner of this generation. I'm just about mm-hmm. to start knocking heads off. I don't think people just wake up and do that. I think a lot of times when you're in situations or you know of situations to where domestic violence is going on and things, period, I think that person has some issues and some things that they haven't dealt with. And the, right. way, the way that their anger and stress and whatever is coming off, it comes off in the wrong way. And that's ultimately what gets a lot of these people in trouble, you know, in these domestic relationships or, you know, or sometimes some folks die from it. You know, I, I think, you know, they, they didn't nobody they, they never went and got help, whether they was prideful, whether they was in denial, whatever the situation is, it's just misfortunate. But yeah, I do believe if certain problems aren't, dealt with I do believe that they can manifest into something more severe I know for me when I was involved in the the domestic violence uh, situation on my part mine was anger and sadness and I was literally operating with a broken heart and it took me to go to therapy to figure out that's what my problem was like you know how you know that you are sad about something but you don't think that the sadness has lingered on for 20, 30, 15, 10 years. You're just thinking like, okay, I'll be over this in a couple of days. Right. And 
that wasn't the case. I had an ongoing sadness because my son was in and out of trouble and I was trying my best to help him and give him what I felt he needed. And I even asked him, what did he need and tried to give him that. And it wasn't me. It just wasn't, it wasn't me, you know, that he was, he was reaching out for. And um, it's very disheartening when you're trying your best to give someone something and they don't want it from you. Right. And you just keep trying and keep trying. It's like you're getting slapped in the face daily. Right. And um, so a lot of mine was frustration. It was anger. It was sadness. And I was, I was really trying to live and focus and function in a, in a normalized dysfunctional household that I had walked into. Like it wasn't, I didn't make it dysfunctional. I had walked into a household that was already dysfunctional and it had been normalized. And so the things that I wasn't used to, I had to become used to because that's how the house was, was running. And every time I tried to change the atmosphere, it was like a power was, it was overpowering me. It was something stronger than me. And it was, you know, and it was very hard to deal with. And so a lot of mine, I didn't know what else to do. So I was tearing shit up. I was slapping, you know, (laughs) whatever I could do. And another thing I learned while I was in therapy was that when I was five years old, my mother was on the phone with one of her sisters and I kept trying to talk to her and get her attention. And she wouldn't pay attention to me because she was on the phone and I was basically being rude. So I went to the bathroom. I, well, I, I grabbed the lighter. I went to the bathroom and I set her towels on fire. And so I came back oh, to wow. the living room. I sat down, I crossed my little leg and I folded my little arms and I said, by the way, your towels are on fire. And so at that point she was like, Oh, let me get off the phone. I'll call you back. And so she got off the phone. She went and put the towels out. The towels were, we had a bar right above um, where the tub was. So all she had to do was throw the towels in the tub. It wasn't like a really a lot that she had to do. So she just put the towels in the tub and put them out. And I got a whooping, of course. (laughs) But I got the attention from her that I wanted. Even though it was bad attention, I was still able to get that attention. And so my therapist was telling me, when I don't get the attention that I want, I automatically turn into a five-year-old little girl. And my inner five-year-old comes out. And regardless of the attention that you give me, I still got your attention. So that made a lot of sense to me because it's like, oh, wow. I always wonder, like, why do I react like this? Why do I act this way when I don't get what I want or when I don't get the attention that I want? It's because I have an inner five-year-old that takes over. She tells she tells the grown woman, sit down, I got this. Mm. Don't you worry about nothing. I got this. I'll right. take care of this. And me not being in control because I'm sad and I'm heartbroken and I, I all I wanted was some attention from you and you're not giving it to me, I allow her to come out and wreck shop. Mm. That's deep because I wonder how many other people are willing or can even acknowledge that because there's not many people that can really acknowledge that you know they're trying to downplay it like nothing is wrong and you know i know for myself when it comes to because i'm a giver you know that's just that's just in me to do but even Mm -hmm. as much as i give of myself as much as i'm there for everybody else there are moments to where you know 
a nigga still be alone. <laughs> a nigga still yeah, feel alone. I, so it's yeah. like, you know, you so used to helping everybody and being there for everybody else. And, you know, every once in a while, you want somebody to, hey, how are you doing? How, you know, how are you feeling? How's your day? I mean, exactly. I mean even Superman had Lois Lane, but I mean, you know, exactly. with, with all the power and everything he dealt with, there were still moments in his life where he felt alone. And I think, you know, when you don't have the right people around you in your life as well, you know, I think it's, 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 it's easy to slip into a place of emotion that nobody plans to go. And if it's a, and if it becomes mm -hmm. an ongoing thing, you know, like, like I said before, that can manifest into something deep, you know, you, you know, it could turn into something that you never had intentions. So, I mean, that's, I applaud the, the fact that you went and got help for it. You decided to go talk to somebody about it. And the fact that you're even open and willing to admit it, because you got a lot of people now just walking around and they got problems and they don't want to admit it. And rather than them saying, Hey, this is why I'm like, and assume that it's, Everybody they come in contact that's just trying to mess them over. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I know, I know plenty of people that that just refuse to take responsibility for themselves. You know, it's everybody, and it's like, you know, what's so special about you that everybody's picking on you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. With you, you ain't Who doing are right. you? So, right, like it cannot be 99 people saying the same thing about one person and you not be the common you are the common denominator right. 99 people are not going to say the same damn thing about one individual and then not have some kind of right. truth to it and I've had people tell me you're the reason that I've done okay I, even beyond therapy I'm a researcher that's what I do that's what I enjoy doing I love researching stuff I love learning about new things so I had started doing some research on abusers. Right. And one of their lines is, you made me do this to you. I've actually had two people who, who physically abused me tell me wow. that. You made me do this to you. It's just something about you that pulls this mm. out of me. And I'm like, what a crock of shit. <laughs> Why don't you just say what it really right. is? What it is, is that you don't have self-control because Darius, there has been times where I wanted to literally rip people's right. head off. And I could have done it with my bare hands, just rip their head off their shoulder. That's how angry I was. But I had to take a step back and regroup and think, does this person really have that much control over you and your emotions? Hell no. Moving right. on. So for someone to tell me, oh, you made me do this to you, is just like unacceptable. Right. And it goes back to the accountability thing. And it, me being the type of person that I am, I wanted to know what happened to them in order to make them do what they're right. doing. Which I don't know if that makes me a sick person or if that makes me a really great person. I don't know. But it makes me feel a certain type of way to feel bad for people because it's like, well, damn, what happened to you in your life to make you go around and do this to people? Like, I really want to know. Right. I don't, I really want to know what happened to you to make you want to go around and just right. beat people up. Because I had to admit to myself, I do this because I was bullied and I was tired and I wasn't taking anybody else's shit. And if you, I, I'm to the point now 
where people can't even talk to me too loudly without me feeling like they right. want to fight me. Like, right. seriously. You can't walk up on me too fast. You can't be all in my personal space moving your hands too quick because it just makes me feel it's like fight right. or flight. And it really makes me nervous to be in confrontational situations. I cannot stand it. So I'm wondering if that plays a part in a lot of these domestic violence situations where people are just overwhelmed and they come home and it's like abusing your pet. Right. You know, you come home, they pissed you off at work, you you spilled coffee on your shirt this morning, you didn't get what you wanted for lunch, you know, the last caller you talked to pissed you right. off or whatever right. the case may be. And then you get home and now you are just taking all of the anger and frustration and all the bullying that you've taken all day out on the closest person well, you to know, which is your spouse or maybe right. your children. Well, you know, that, that kind of makes sense because you have a lot of people that are in authority on these jobs and where they at. You know, they like to bully and punk the employees around and talk crazy to the staff and things like that. And when you think about it, a lot of times that's how they get treated at home. So the one place where they feel like they're in control, that is at work. So they talk crazy and, you know, they dictate and they, you know, they they start mess with the staff. And it's really because they can't do that at home. I had a boss that uh, I used to work for and she was just, she was unbelievable. You know, just always mad, sharp at the tongue, didn't mind cutting you up, didn't mind hurting your feelings, no compassion whatsoever. And come to find out, she was getting, you know, she was getting verbally abused and getting smacked up a little bit at home. Mm. So it's like when she came to work, that's where, I guess that's where it was just open, open fire on anybody. You know, that's where she was able to relieve her stress at. And, you know, the whole time we thinking she just being, you know, just being unprofessional and being out of line. He's literally battling right. when she gets off the clock. So I think yeah. for a lot of people, it, it's, it's what you said. You know, it's a lot. Then it goes back to rejection. The spirit of rejection is very serious. A lot of people can't handle rejection. They, and, you know, they, they instead can. of them trying to figure out why. Because rejection is not necessarily. It, it, it could can save, save your, your life, life, depending on what the situation oh, is. Yeah. But for some people, all we hear is no we see something no. that we don't like or we feel something and because we've got those feelings or we see it, we don't give it a second thought. We just leave it alone and walk away from it without even further trying to figure out what it is. A lot of times that's good, but then a lot of times it's bad as well because it's like you never went to see exactly what it was. You're being told no for a reason. You were rejected. You were rejected mm -hmm. for a reason. And instead of us looking at it like, whoo, man, that would have been a headache of my life, or that would have been the worst mistake of my life if I had got in that. We just hear no, and, that, and, that, and that's it. Like, that's what we run with. The rejection can literally save your life. I have had several opportunities come across my way, and um, I rejected right. them. And then later on, I would hear horror stories about other people that had the same or similar opportunity. And it's like, oh, my God, me saying no literally saved my life. 
or me applying for something and never hearing back from the individual that I applied to or the company that I applied to literally saved my life because somebody else did the same job and they got raped or molested or right. drugged or right. there was a, you know, a fight and they were injured. That could have been me. So, yeah, sometimes rejection can literally save, your, save life. your life. Um, I've, I've gotten to the point. I've gotten to the point in life where when I get rejected, I'm just like, okay, that wasn't meant to be. Right. <laughs> you know, like and a lot of times that's that's the right attitude to have. I had a situation where, and it, it, it's kind of small, but I'm grateful for it now. But I was trying to, you know, get back in school for these classes that I wanted to take, and everything was going good up until it got into the financial aid part. And it was like, well, mm. if you don't have all this information together, you know, we can't. You can't start school and you're going to have to wait until you get this stuff started. You're going to have to wait to get your stuff together in order to start this, these courses. So I was kind of mad and upset. And I'm like, man, you told me, no, I, you know, I can, what if I do the payment plan? And it was like, no, nah, you know, you can't, you, you can do it, but this is what you need. So, you know, I was upset by that. But at the same time, about two months later, looked on the news Harrison Ford College was closing down. So, <laughs> yeah, I heard so, about that. You know, I, I heard about, I thought that. about that later. Like, man, I was sitting up here mad, upset because I couldn't get into this course and was willing to do, I was willing to take a loan out <laughs> to get in this program, not knowing all alone, you know, that that would have put me in, they would have put me in a, uh, uh, they would have put me in a messed up situation because a lot of people, from what I've heard, um, and some of the, the comments and stuff that I seen on, you know, the news, the, you know, in the comment section when folks were talking about it because they were interviewing people, a lot of them kids, they, a lot of them students, they got to pay that money back. Oh, yeah. So, you know, for oh, me, yeah. that was a blessing. Like, man, okay, maybe God trying to tell me something. Like, nah, nigga, you're not going there. Oh, not yeah. this year, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm happy that that worked out in your favor because I know a few people who um, were going to Harrison and they're they're in limbo right now. They don't know what to do. They don't know what they don't. They didn't leave them any information, so they're just left to their own vices to right. figure out what what they owe, who they owe. Can they go back to school? Did they credits transfer? So right. it's a lot. It's a, it's, lot. it's a lot to to go in. Yeah, and I uh, my prayers are with each and every one of the the individuals who did go through that because that wasn't the first college that's done that in yeah, Indianapolis. It's, well, period. It's been a but, lot. It definitely it's, it's been a lot. Place. These little side private credits ain't transforming yeah. over. It's, yeah, it's been a lot. It's probably going to continue to be a lot. Oh, yeah. Because they're profit, they're for-profit um, schools. So when you have the for-profit schools, that's that's what right. happens. And not, they're not going to do anything but close that one down and reopen another one with a different right. name. And they have the same same classes and everything to offer to people. But here we go, getting off subject again. <laughs> but things like that would, can possibly lead to domestic violence. Just imagine you get ready to go to school and you have no school to go to and you go back home and somebody's nagging and bitching and complaining and wearing you out. Nah. I'm not saying that domestic violence is okay, but I am saying that I can definitely see how situations right. may happen. I totally agree. Definitely see how situations may happen. And I want to go ahead and wrap up here. I don't want this to be too lengthy. You know how 
folks are with their ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> you make it too short, they want more. You make it too long, they lose attention right. and focus. <laughs> but if you could offer any advice to someone who may be dealing with any type of domestic violence situation or someone who may be in a, a a situation that may get into a situation, what would it be? I would say uh, pray, but it's, but you know, just don't even stop at the prayer. Get help. You know, they got numbers out here. They have centers out here. If you want to remain anonymous because you're too ashamed or you embarrassed or if, even if you feel like you're being threatened for your life, get help. You know, there's people out here. There's uh, actually uh, my church is involved in helping people that are in messed up situations. We had uh, this particular young lady probably about last year was in a bad relationship. You know, boyfriend was coming around, beating on her, hitting on her, taking her car, taking her money and mm -hmm. just doing all sorts of stuff. And we were able to get that young lady some help. You know, we were able to send, okay. you know, pay for her. Uh, a, a train ticket, if I'm not mistaken, to get her out of town to uh, somewhere else where she had family staying. So okay, good. Know, it just just definitely get help. Definitely get help, and, and and don't be afraid. You know, don't don't be ashamed. You know, it, it, you can't be ashamed. You know, at some point you gotta, at some point you gotta realize that you know you are greater than what anything negative anybody can say to you. You know, you're way better than what anybody can say to you. And, you you know, you just got to get that help and keep people in your life that can, that's really going to speak into you and encourage you. I totally agree. My advice, ladies and gentlemen, because there are some women that are definitely abusive to their men. And I don't know if the man is just not wanting to hit her back which is a good thing, but at the same time, you shouldn't be abused either. My advice would be to get out. Like Darius said, definitely seek help. If anybody is in a situation, they can definitely reach out to me and I can get you some resources myself and I can also help encourage and motivate you. Um, it's not your fault. Something happened along the way. You're not making them do that to you. That's them doing it to you on their own. And you don't have to be afraid. You can definitely get out. I would love for someone to call me before it gets to a point where we're having to stand over there for their right. casket. Because one of the things for me, my biggest fear was, what if something happens to me and nobody even knew what was right. going on? Like, people would never believe that the person that I was fighting with is the person that I was right. fighting with. Just because of how they portray themselves. A lot of people, especially from my childhood, know me and they know me as a fighter. And so it's like, oh, well, I know Val probably, you know, was fighting back or this, any other. But that's not the point. The point is not whether or not you can fight back. The point is, what if you fall asleep and they get home before you do and they right. kill you? Or, you know, just beat you badly enough to where you're unrecognizable or you can't speak. Like you said, your your friend had the issue where she couldn't speak for six months. So before it even gets to that point, I want I would people call me, inbox me, text me, email me. I don't care how you get in touch. Just get in touch some kind of way. I'll definitely give you the resources and information that I have. Darius, what's your church name in case people in Indianapolis 
want to come to your church or your pastor for assistance? Uh, it's Family Worship Center, and it's on 33rd and Capitol. And the pastor is a pastor, my father, <laughs> Pastor Percy White. So Family Worship okay. Center. Okay. All right, people, this has been the Valenese Being Family Show. My family today was King Darius White. Darius, I thank you for coming on with me. Uh, go ahead and let the people know how they can get in touch with you. Darius also has his own podcast. I was a co-host on his show uh, last night, so definitely check that out. Darius, let the people know how they can get in touch uh, with you. My podcast is Simple Truth Matters of the Heart. That's on Anchor. Uh, you can anchor.fm slash simple truth matters of the heart. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook, King uh, Darius White, or my email, Mr. D White 365 at Outlook. Or you can get in contact with uh, Shug Avery right here, and she can uh, she'll deliver <laughs> the message to me. Yes, you guys. My nickname is Suge, and you can contact Suge. Okay, if anybody wants to reach out to me for sponsorship, I do have sponsorship packages available. I can be reached on all platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Valenice Broynton, Valenice B, and Suge Broynton. V-A-L-E-N-E-S-E-B at gmail.com. Once again, Valenice B on Twitter. Valenice B on Instagram, Shook Brunton on Facebook, and also Valenice Brunton on Facebook. I appreciate you guys listening in. I love you all. I'll talk to you See soon. See you later. Bye.